Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Steph Curry speaks here from the finals MVP for the first time since his shoulder injury. And John Morant, he went off last night. What message did the Grizzlies superstar send in Memphis's route of the Bucks? Big Perk has a big take on that one. Plus, Joel Embiid, he leads the league in scoring, but we're going to take you on the court to show you exactly what makes him so unstoppable. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. Happy Friday. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Richard Jefferson, Becky Hammond, Brian Windhorst. Danny Green is going to be with us in just a little bit. We're so excited. EG. But, friends, Steph Curry, he spoke this morning for the first time since his shoulder injury. So just to refresh you all, Curry suffered a shoulder injury during Wednesday's loss to the Pacers. And senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, he reported that Curry is expected to miss a few weeks. And an MRI on Thursday, it confirmed that Steph experienced a shoulder subluxation which will not require an in-season surgery. So here is Curry speaking with reporters earlier today. Oh, 100%. Um, that changed the whole dynamic of the conversation personally and as a team. Stay positive and understand I'll be back sooner than later, hopefully, and hopefully I won't miss a beat in terms of how I feel the rest of my body or my game, uh, how I've been playing. I hope we're going to assess where your pain levels are right now, kind of like day to day. It's uh, honestly not as bad as I thought based on how it felt initially, but they say it can linger kind of where you're at for a while. Just, again, it's one of those things where you're happy about the um, kind of the outcome of you know what the injury exactly is and the, uh, the, the window of how long it usually takes for something like this to, to kind of get to uh, to a pain-free zone. And then from there, it's just uh, staying patient with the process of getting back on the court and understand I, my body's in good shape. I feel like I can maintain that for the most part while, while you're injured and then get back out there and hoop. So it was just a matter of making sure I didn't need surgery and that I could you know, my shoulder be uh, able to heal on its own, however long that took, because I know the surgeries are like four to six months, and that's nobody wants to be dealing with that right now. I feel like it's fair to say that Steph seems a little bit relieved that at least he doesn't need to have shoulder surgery, but what's your reaction to both the diagnosis and his comments, Rich? Well, well one, I, I'm glad that he doesn't have to have surgery. I'm, I'm sad we're going to miss him on Christmas Day, but when he talked about it lingering, mm. that's the part that, like, you understand. It's like, you know, you jam a thumb, it might be healed, but every time it hits, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a little bit. So as basketball players, when you go to, like, elevate and someone were to smack that ball down, a lot of times a part that goes is your shoulder. So that, that's where it's like as much as he shoots, as much as his activity, he's going to be 
I wouldn't say somewhat dealing with this for a long time. It's his left shoulder. I believe he'll be able to shoot. But every time someone goes to smack down as he's going up or any of those motions, that's where it starts to twinge. That's where he starts to be like, uh, and then it's just going to be a, a pain management thing, even when he does become healthy. You mentioned it, though. It's not his shooting arm. But how does this affect a player like Steph, even if it's not, Becky? Well, it's still part of your motion. Right. Your, your shoulder still has to be able to come up somewhat. Now, he is, I think, we talked about a shooting. He's one of the craftiest players ever to walk on the basketball court. So I think he'll find ways. His presence, as soon as they can get him out there with minimal pain, I think you put him out there because he opens up everything else for everybody else. But when you're talking about the greatest shooter ever, maybe you take your time understanding mm. big picture. So they could go about it a couple ways. But I think he'll be fine. If there's one thing that I, I think is true here, these workers, these maniacal workers, they will work diligently with their rehab, and he will be out there as soon as possible. Yeah, something else he said was he, even though it's his off arm, as you mentioned, he doesn't think that'll make the return any faster. He thinks that it'll still be a process, that that's not an advantage, although obviously the, the, one, the one arm is a little bit more valuable than yeah. the other. Right. Yeah. Let's bring Big Perk into the conversation. We just heard Perk from Steph saying that at least he's not going to have to have surgery. He's focusing on that silver lining, but it doesn't make it any easier. What do you think of his comments? Well, I mean, I dealt with the same injury. I had the same injury in 2008 in the NBA Finals. and I mean, it's going to linger. And eventually I end up having to have surgery because I tried to go into the following season, you know, just thinking that, you know, I was going to rehab it and get it back stronger. And it just kept bothering me. And so this is a concern. And if I'm the Warriors, I don't rush step back at, at no point. I mean, no matter how rough it gets. And I, and I don't want the Warrior fans to think that I'm just hating and I don't want them to succeed. That's mm. not true. That's not it. I'm talking about the health of their superstar. So if I'm the Warriors, I wouldn't rush him back to this injury because could, it could actually get worse, to be honest with you, if you don't strengthen it up and be close to 100% when you return. But as someone who's experienced that injury, Perk, that's such a unique perspective. What was the hardest part for you? Obviously a vastly different player than Steph Curry, but, but what was the hardest part well I mean for me it was just more so about you know being in the paint being physical right uh you know the physical contact of, of being a big man now you know obviously Steph is out there on the perimeter but he also is getting banged up a lot uh guys are physical with him and you know he drives to the bucket you know he takes hard foul he I mean he hits the ground a lot he gets mm -hmm. tugged on a lot things to that nature so that was the that was the most difficult part for us with me it's still a physical game no matter how much the old heads try to call the game soft, it's still physicality. Well, and I imagine on the other side of the ball too, Becky, we, we talk about Stephanie shooting all the time, but the Warriors even said they feel like he's an underrated defender. Do you see it affecting him on that side of the floor? Well, they can't get much worse, right? <laughs> on the road. On the, on road, the road, they can't, they can't get much worse. If you want to right. focus on something mm -hmm. other than Steph's injury, get your identity back on the defensive end of yeah. the ball. And then maybe you get a chance to be in these games mm. on the road. If you can play some defense, you know you're missing 20 points, yep. 30 points out of the lineup. Make 
up for it on the defensive end, and maybe that can help turn the tables a little. That's their only chance yeah. as far as I see it right now. And to your point, I mean, there's so much more to get into on the Warriors to unpack with Golden State, and we're going to do so later in the show, including a live report from Philadelphia where the Warriors are in action tonight. By the way, no Draymond Green in that game as well. But there are some other comments that we do want to get to from this morning. Brittany Griner released a statement for the first time via Instagram, sharing images of her returning to the United States, hugging her wife, Sherelle, there in that photo that you can see. And her statement read in part, it feels so good to be home. The last 10 months, they have been a battle at every turn. I dug deep to keep my faith, and it was love from so many of you that helped keep me going. From the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone for your help. And she added, President Biden, you brought me home, and I know you're committed to bringing Paul Whelan and all Americans home, too. I will use my platform to do whatever I can to help you. I also encourage everyone that played a part in bringing me home to continue their efforts to bring all Americans home. Every family deserves to be whole. And she ended her statement by saying, I also want to make one thing very clear. I intend to play basketball for the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury this season, and in doing so, I look forward to being able to say thank you to all of those who advocated, wrote, and posted for me in person soon. Love always, DG42. There is so much to love about that statement. Griner saying that she intends to play in the WNBA this upcoming season. Becky, for the W, for, for this just to be, how, how big is it to have her back on the floor here? Well, her presence was missed on mm. every turn last year. Um, so I'm excited that she's back here. She's excited about playing basketball. And I think one thing, you know, her faith got, got her through these rough, these rough times, these last 10 months. And I think that's a under, like, if there's one thing that connects us, it's our humanity. And, and God is in everybody. And, you know, for her to feel that love, because I don't think she had any idea how many people were pulling for her, how many people mm. were praying for her, how many people were loving on her from afar. But she felt it. And those are, like supernatural things that I think are so special in the human experience that yes we're excited to have BG back no I am not excited to game plan again <laughs> she's but, coming for your title coach <laughs> I know and she's going to give us a, a heartaches and <laughs> battles and stuff but her presence on the floor her as a person uh, the human story to this mm -hmm. I, is we're super excited to have her back well I, the thing for me and I thought as difficult as this time is, you, you want to look at people that you believe have your support and then you see that you have their support. So it was like all the NBA players, all of the WNBA, all of the athletes. They were literally athletes from every sport that play internationally. I know a ton of volleyball players live in Hermosa Beach that go and play in Russia. They'll go and play in Slovenia. They'll go play all over. And you understand the vulnerability of leaving your family, leaving your, your, your close loved ones, and then to go through this process and so to see that she got the support and she's enjoying the support and she recognizes that literally there there is large portions of this entire country that wanted her back as soon as possible and joe biden did that and so thank you and to her point we want all of the americans home for with their families that is a very very important point in her message that's all i wanted to add to it was paul whelan she's going to be his greatest advocate mm -hmm. um, she's already said his name multiple times her wife was out uh, saying his name, and I think that's the one thing. The athletic community, the basketball community, did not let her name be forgotten, mm -hmm. and I think that played a huge part in bringing yeah. her home. I think it's remarkable that she is already committed to playing, I mean, after yeah. what she's been through, and so now she's going to get to go around the country 
mm. and the outpouring that we're expecting to see yeah. should be very, very special. And to me, obviously she's got a lot to take care of, but the fact that she's already talking about basketball makes me think that she's already healing. And so that, that was good to see. Right. It's, it's this, I can't yeah. stop smiling. It's just so good to see. It's so good to hear from her. And once again, Brittany Griner announcing that she will be playing in the WNBA for the Mercury this upcoming season. Can't wait to watch that. Still to come here on NBA Today, we're going to get into some more basketball. Ja Morant and the Grizzlies had a statement win over the Bucks, And we have a Grizzly here in studio with a message straight from Memphis. Oh, is that the wave? Uh, plus, more on Steph Curry and how his teammates can stay afloat without him. A live report from Philadelphia where the dubs test stand Steph that begins tonight. And we have the results of our very first NBA MVP straw poll of the season. So who are the voters saying is the MVP frontrunner? Oh, we're going to listen to Perk's list again. Don't go anywhere. Oh. We'll be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're watching NBA Today. Hey. All right. So if the Grizzlies can do it, <laughs> can we do it? Boom. Uh. Take Take a little bit of this. Uh-uh. Uh. 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 <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> oh, look at that. That's so that means that Brian Windhorst got in the studio with us. Brian Windhorst making sure the music is taken that's, care of. We got Danny Green in the building. Danny, fresh off the plane from Memphis. Yeah. I mean, if that dance was any premonition as to what was going to happen last night in Memphis, and y'all got to do it before every game because, oh boy, let's take you to Memphis wow. now and show you what went down. That's aggressive. That's Memphis a good old old Memphis. John Morant, Balls, huh? he went hard, Danny. No, it, it was ridiculous watching this game. Like, we tuned it on. We were all texting. The whole uh, NBA Today family was texting like, this isn't the real score. Is, is somebody sitting out? What is the blitz that that went on? It was ridiculous. No Drew Holiday, but still. I mean, Dylan Brooks letting no the No Desmond Bay. No, no, no Danny Green. Green. No Danny oh. Green. Don't tell me about who's not there. John Morant. He was there, and he showed up, Rich. No, like, 
MVP conversations are probably going to continue for this young man. All NBA conversations. Ooh. We already know that's who he is. That was a foul. You were right, Jock. Look at that score. The Bucks out were outscored 44 to 16 in the paint in the first half. By the way, Giannis was playing in this game. And Lopez. Go ahead to the third quarter here. Watch this. In three seconds flat, John Morant coast to coast. Even Chris Middleton was like, bro, I don't, I don't know what we can do about this one. Ja, just doing Ja things. Oh, oh. he wanted, He should have just 360 that bad boy. Just kept take the contact, <laughs> kept going. A young Richard Jefferson move, huh? Uh, well, you know, young, young, like early, <laughs> early 2000s, late 90s. Once again, Ja with the alley -oop. Look at that score. We don't want. We don't That's a good old that. fashioned, and we're not talking about the drink. People. And then you know it's a blowout when the bench is hitting the wave. Morant, 25 point triple double in 26 minutes. Final score 142 101. So I mentioned it. John Morant, he put up numbers in a hurry last night. He needed just 25 minutes in 39 seconds. Is the only one player has had a 25 point triple double faster since minutes were first tracked, and that was back when you were born, Rich, in 1951. 1951. That was a Who was statement it? win from the Grizzlies last night. Shots fired. It's nonstop, honestly. <laughs> it but just... um, he deserves it. Uh, Danny, what, what message did your team and Jaw send last night? I mean, they were shorthanded. We were, too, a little bit, but it's the regular season, so it's not that big of a message. We know night in, night out, anything can happen. They didn't make a lot of shots. They were, we were locked in. I'm not going to say, we definitely, they played very well. The guys were, they were locked in for 48 minutes. And by the third quarter, you could see it was over. But once we took, you know, I say, I'm say take Giannis out. But Chris Middleton can get a, a rhythm. Giannis can get a rhythm. And if you don't have no Drew, it, it hurts mm. them a lot. So um, it, it happened fast. It happened really fast. And I, I didn't know. I didn't realize the score until the third quarter. I'm like, it's, it's only the third quarter. Um, but we were, we were balling. We were playing well. Ty was hitting shots. Everybody's hitting shots. Everybody stepped up and played well. David Roddy, as you see right there, getting to the rim. Everybody pitched in, and obviously job with the, 20, the 25 triple-double uh, within 25 minutes. Um, unbelievable. He's explosive. Danny. Now, we know it's a regular season. Yeah. No. I, like, no one up here is trying to say. Complete bet move yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> no no, no chalkboard. We know you right played for the team. We know you're fresh off the I plane. was critical of Boston on how they played on their West Coast trip, and yes. I'm going to be critical of Milwaukee currently yes. right now, but for this reason. Yes, it is. Just a regular season game. Mm -hmm. But you guys and the Memphis Grizzlies have championship aspirations. So there's only going to be two times you could possibly see a Milwaukee, a Boston. For sure. So those are things that you like, mm. kind of like check, okay, like this is a potential oh. team. That that had to be a confidence boost to say, like, hey, they won the championship two years ago. That's our goal. We can go and take out this team. Definitely. We've had a homestand. We played some some fairly good teams, but the, these are the teams that you, you look forward to. You know, these are the tests. These are the challenges. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we only see them said twice within the year, but we also take it with, with a grain of salt. They've had a rough stretch as well. You know, teams have rough stretches. They just lost to Houston on the road uh, a couple games ago, and now they came into our building. They, they couldn't find a rhythm, so mm -hmm. uh, we don't want to take too much of it, but it, this is a good test. We, we love these type of games, and we're going to continue to see like against teams like this, Milwaukee, Phoenix. We've come up coming up next, Golden State, even though Steph will be hurt and he won't be there for Christmas, but those are the type of games you get up for and see guys doing the wave. Um, <laughs> these are the type of games that you look forward to and see where you, you stand as a, as a group. No Desmond Bain in this one, mm -hmm. but Brian, when we're looking at the West, we've spent so much time talking about how close it is, how close the standings are. Are the Grizzlies, just plug your ears for one second, Danny, uh, the most complete <laughs> team in the West? So the thing about you look about the Grizzlies, what you really like is that they're performing at a very high level and they've got upward mobility because they don't have their whole team. 
Desmond Bain isn't playing. Jerry Jackson just came back. He's been killing it. He's been awesome these 12 games. But the reason they have upward mobility is they have extra draft picks and they have tradable pieces, which this is awkward. Sorry to say this, Danny, but he has an expiring contract. I'm not business. sure where your knee is. I'll ask you in a second. But one of the people that people are talking about is if the Grizzlies want to upgrade, will they call about Danny Green and a draft pick? Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, but the, here's the thing. The Grizzlies have drafted so well mm. that they're reluctant to give up their picks. And the Grizzlies have wanted veteran leaders. He has three rings. So, I mean, that wouldn't be simple. But I do think that you will hear your name, I'm sorry to say, in some trade discussions. I'm not shocked. At this point in my career, I hear my name quite often. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's a blessing. You know, I, I think I'm in a good space. I'm getting closer to returning to court soon. Um, you know, but we still have a little bit of time. But so we have a good group, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm happy for them. They, they do have some good draft picks. They have drafted well with Zaire Williams, uh, David Roddy, Jake Laravia. Those are some good pieces. I could see those guys growing into something special. Um, so we'll see what the direction they go into. But I think they're very comfortable where they're at now. And hopefully Dez will be back in a couple of weeks. We'll see if he's there for that Christmas game. And um, I think they want to see how we are with our team home. Becky, as a coach, when you're watching this sort of trouncing, what goes through your mind? Well, a couple things. In, in Memphis, no matter who the coach is, what's in the water down there? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's from when they had Zach and that, like, they're just tough. Yeah, in lost Memphis. them. We, remember, remember that? Was great. That was oh, a great yeah. year. 61, 61 <laughs> wins. We were playing lost together. Bad memory. <laughs> yeah, great. So we're, we're teammates. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so they're tough. I think. There is some, I think you both have valid points. You only meet two times a year. It is a regular season game. Like, there's some games in the NBA, in 82 games, you just don't have it. Yeah. Like, you just don't have yeah, it. It's just not going to happen. It's one of those feel things as a coach. You're just like, all right, yeah. <laughs> let's just get out of here. Let's get everybody yeah. out and, and move on to the next one. I, I would be surprised if Milwaukee has a lot of film on this. Eventually, you will get to it. But I just felt like it was not to take anything sure. away from Memphis. It was one of those nights where Milwaukee was just, yeah. they didn't have it. They just oh, didn't, yeah, I agree. didn't have it. It's, it's, but that, the thing about it, and you're right, there's five or six games that yes. no matter what, you're going to win that game. Everyone's going to make shots. It's going to be good. And there's going to be five or six games where every, everyone's in foul trouble. People are banged up. You're not going to win. Right. The part that I think sucks <laughs> is that you know that Milwaukee was ready. They had they played poorly against Houston. They know who these boys are in Memphis. So they went out there and that's the part that sucks. You want to play your best when your best is needed and it just happened to be one of those days, but it's Right. It's a tough one to take. Sometimes you have no control over that. Sometimes you want you to no play your best and then you it. might have your worst. So the combination of us playing really well and mm. then playing really bad was the outcome of that, that score. But, Danny, do you know this? And when we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies in this studio, I, I am contractually obligated to bring in someone very, very special. <laughs> uh, you know it's a big performance when Kendrick Perkins big perk? okay. jumps on Twitter. Oh. Ja Morant, that's the damn tweet. And then Ja took notice and replied, just trying to make everybody perk. That's all. <laughs> on that big Memphis, something I can't say on TV, perk. Come on in, baby. The unofficial president of the dark side. The Grizzlies, are they the best yeah. team in the West right now? You, you, you know what we're not about to do on this Friday, right? <laughs> we're not about to downplay what Memphis did to the Milwaukee Thank Bucks you. and say, oh, they just played bad. It was one of those nights. No, no, actually, they just snatched their souls. They was ready for the moment. <laughs> and when you think about John Morant, John Morant has told us plenty of times that, hey, I want to be the best. I think I'm him. I know I'm him. He, matter of fact, he references himself as him. And so when you have Giannis, who we all could probably agree is the best player in the world coming into your house, 
You don't think Ja had it on his mind personally? You didn't think Ja wanted to be the man on that floor? You don't think he was the man on that floor? Now let's talk about Memphis overall. When it comes down to this team, this team has the chance to get out of the Western Conference. I thought they would have beat Golden State last year if Ja wouldn't have got hurt. Jaron Jackson Jr., looking like a defensive player of the year runner-up, had eight blocks two nights ago, anchoring the defense. Big Steven Adams, down there handling the load. He was handling his business against Giannis and Brooke Lopez. And then we go down to Desmond Baines not being available. And then Dylan Brooks becoming that two-way player again. Hey, I'm looking at this squad, and I'm like, man, they ready for whatever. And Danny. You better hurry up and get back. <laughs> if you try to get any minutes on this roster, yeah. you better hurry up and get ready, boy, because by the time you get back, you're going to still be dressing up in them suits. I'm telling you, because this team ain't playing. <laughs> they ain't playing. You playing. see what Everybody I was with on a daily basis? Catching strays everywhere, man. That's what you, yeah, just, <laughs> it's all good. I understand it. I mean, they, you're, you're absolutely right. We have a deep team. They're very good. And if I don't get back on the court and get my rhythm. But they're young. I know, yeah. They're, I mean, they're really, really, really good. Mm. But they're young, Danny. Mm -hmm. That's one thing is that if they're going to do anything, they, they do need to have experience on the roster. Absolutely. Well, so. just like we needed experience in studio when we were dancing in this morning. <laughs> uh. we, needed, we needed just a little someone to tell us when to go, you know, right, left, left, right, left. Let's play it back one more time. Let's not. No, let's not. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we got to Where's yeah. Park when we need it? Oh. Little show shimmy. Little oh. shimmy. Come on. Yeah. See, <laughs> when one starts going, the other has to join the party. That's yeah. how it works. <laughs> NBA Today will be right back. <laughs> okay. No. Uh. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Earlier today in Philadelphia, Steph Curry, he spoke for the first time after suffering a left shoulder subluxation. Curry said that he was relieved when surgery was taken off of the table. He also addressed the Warriors' road struggles and why now is the time to turn it around. How important do you view this stretch without you just to kind of determine where the season is going? We, it doesn't. I mean, we were still in a sense of urgency, even up until you know the Indiana game, just trying to right the ship and figure out what it takes as a team to get to where we want to be um, on a consistent basis. Like we've shown, we can be the best teams in the league. We've shown we can be be beat on any given night. So it's just a matter of 
you know, other guys stepping up. Every team goes through this at some point throughout the year. It's a very important stretch just because you want to maintain as much positivity and, and kind of belief in what we're doing as possible. Looking at, you know, that all-star break, kind of, you know, that, that sprint to the finish line, knowing that no team in the West has really separated themselves. So, you know, we can talk ourselves into we're still in good shape, but you then got to go out and, and you know, be a consistent basketball team. And I think we can do that. Do you view it almost as like a number, like, hey, like, stay at 500 by the time we get back type thing? I mean, that's always kind of a good sound bite just because it gives you something to key on. But I think where we're at, we just want to win a road game <laughs> and kind of take it from there. Take a look at the Warriors' next 10 games. They're still on the road for the next four. That includes tonight in Philadelphia on ESPN. But starting on Christmas, they begin an eight-game homestand. Remember, they are 12-2 and two at home. So back here with Richard, Brian, Becky, and Danny Green. Danny, when you look at this team with and without Steph Curry, what are the realistic expectations for them now that he's not going to be in the lineup for a bit? I mean, they still have some very good players in that roster. Um, I know Draymond is, is out for the next game. Um, but my person I've been watching is Wiggs. Wiggs has been killing all year, but he's yeah. a big part of their defensive staple. If you have Draymond and Wiggs on the court, to be healthy for during this stretch, it'll help them a ton. Because um, offensively, they still have some firepower. You know, yeah. you have Jordan Poole, you still have Clay and Wiggins. Um, so they have enough. And just defensively, I think that's where they need to, you know, figure it out. Um, but I think they could, they could still stay afloat in the above order. It depends on how healthy the other guys stay. Right, and, and Andrew Wiggins has not been healthy recently, Brian. Yeah, he's had an adductor injury, and also Clay Thompson is questionable mm. tonight. As a side note, <laughs> Philly better take care of business in this one. But I will say this, you know, typically the Warriors are a team that has a big margin for error. Because of their firepower on offense, they can get away with bad games. And had they played better earlier this season, losing Steph, even if it was for a month, wouldn't be so dangerous. Where you're looking at what's going to happen in the standings, they've got to find a way to get some wins. They really need to figure out a way mm. to peel a win or two out of this road trip, and then they got to dominate that homestand. They like if I was a new, if I was the Los Angeles Lakers, I'd be like, look at this. <laughs> we might be able to pass the Warriors the way we're playing in the next seven to ten days. So like, they just this is really simple, basic analysis. They need to get a couple of wins mm. just to get in their mind that yeah. they can win without Steph and then, you know, not lose too much ground in the standings because they can't afford it. Maybe the steam will start picking up there. Uh, for more on Steph and the Warriors, I do want to bring in our person on the ground, Tim Bontemps. He's in Philadelphia right now. Uh, Tim, you were in the room where it happened. You were listening to Steph. What is his mindset as he prepares to watch this team from the sidelines for the next few weeks? That's according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Well, Malika, the first thing that was on Steph's mind was relief. Relief that he didn't have to have surgeries. He put it, a, a surgery timeline would be four to six months, and no one wants to be dealing with that, most, most of all, Stephen Curry. So I think he was thrilled with the prospect of getting back in a few weeks from this left shoulder injury. And the other thing I thought that was interesting, Malika, was what Brian was just talking about. Steph focused it on the fact this team has to start playing more consistent basketball right now. He said at one point, look, I, we can keep saying we're in a good position because nobody's separated in the Western Conference. We have to start putting wins together and even joked as you heard in that clip earlier We have to just get a road win. I mean this team is 2 and 13 on the road So even though they're not gonna have Steph for a while and they've been so much better with him on the court than off this season
season. I think they look at these next few weeks as an opportunity to try to get some kind of consistent play without him mm. so that when they get him back, they can kind of make the push they're going to have to because as Brian pointed out, even if he comes back in a month, they're going to be looking up at a lot of teams in the standings. They're going to have a lot of work to make up if they want to get to where they want to be in playoff position to try to defend their championship in a few months. Yeah, 12-2 and two at home, 2-13 and 13 on the road. It's just a wild home road split. Uh, but, Tim, while we have you, today is your first MVP straw poll that was released. And i got to tell you, the, exci- the excitement on Brian's face all week, it's like he's <laughs> he has been waiting for this. Can you just give the viewer a little bit of background? He loves the straw poll. Yes, he loves the straw poll. First, can you tell us what exactly it is and what the first edition tells you? So the straw poll, Malika, tries to mimic what the end-of-season voting poll is going to look like. So I ask 100 people, both internationally, nationally, and from all 28 NBA media markets, to try to get a sense of where the race stands today. And mm. as you guys have seen, as people have seen today, Jason Tatum is leading Giannis Tedekupo in this first round of balloting. But while Jason Tatum is leading, I don't think people should look that as him being a runaway favorite to win the award this year. Let's just go back a year ago. Stephen Curry at this point had 94 of 100 first place votes and was a runaway favorite to win MVP at that point. He finished you know, well down the standings by the end of the year. Nicole Jokic went on to win the award. Two years ago, LeBron was in first place. He didn't obviously go on to win the award. Nicole Jokic won it that year too. And when you look at the stand with the race at the top, Jason Tatum had the second closest lead over second place in any of the 11 polls I've done over the past seven years. So to me, I look at this as a situation where the Celtics have the best offense in the league, they have the best record in the league, and Jason Tatum has played great, and he still has a slim lead over a deep field. So Mm. I'm not ruling out his chances of winning, obviously. He's got a great chance to win, but with the way this played out so far, I do not think it's, oh, it's Jason Tatum's race to lose. I think this thing is very wide open based off of how the first one played out. I got to tell you, Tim, as big as Brian has been smiling all week, somewhere Kendrick Perkins is just all pearly whites <laughs> with Jason Tatum leading this first straw poll. Tim Bontemps, thank you so much. Enjoy the game in Philadelphia. <laughs> there, there's Perk. What's happening, my friend? Coming up on NBA Today, the Clippers chemistry. Questions, they continue. And Ty Lu had some very strong words about the consequences of player rest. How long until the frustrations start to boil over? NBA Today will be right back. You're watching NBA Today. So, Richard, the Clippers, they were hosting the Suns last Hey, I got you. Paul George, out. Kawhi Leonard, out. Reggie Jackson, out. Luke Kennard, out. Norman Powell, out. Zubak, out. Danny Green, still out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So just to give you a little heads up of what we're working with over here, people. Uh, Chris Paul, he was putting in some work, though. Yeah, well, yeah, he's playing against a G League team. Okay, shots fired. Oh, well, your top eight the players are Suns out. The Suns would lead by as many as 31 points. You know who didn't game. miss? Mikel Bridges, because he doesn't miss games. He had a game-high 27 points. Suns win. Terrence Mann, who did play, spoke after the game. Terrence, you're not. I was definitely real frustrated when, we, you know, we had a good thing going, had a nice little rhythm, figuring stuff out again. Um, you know, about to start a nice little win streak, I thought. And, you know, this happens, but... You just got to figure it out from here now. How many games do you need together? <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's try 15 games together, whole as a team. Let's see if we can do that. 
I'm done. Thank you, man. Consecutively or just total? Consecutive games in a row. 15, man. That's Not two, not three. Not two, not three, 15. Here's the deal, though. The Clippers, they've only had four games where Kawhi, Paul George, Norm Powell, their top three scorers all played. They're three and one in those games. Keep this in mind, though. Our colleague, Om Young Masuki, reported that the Clippers are cautiously optimistic that Kawhi, PG, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, they're all going to be back in the lineup. But there's clearly some frustration here. I feel it. Do you, do you agree with how the Clippers are handling this, Rich? No, no, look, I get it. There's a difference between being injured and hurt. We have covered that. If there is a person that is coming off a major surgery, the concern comes from the surgery was 18 months ago, and if you're still not being able to rev yourself back up, I do believe in, to, I believe in conditioning yourself for a marathon, right? Condition yourself to run all 26 miles. I don't know if that's how long it is, but when you watch the Clippers and you see a lack of continuity, you see a lack of consistency, you don't see any sort a vibe and even when you have your own role players because it's the most important to the role players right the most important like come on becky jump in here i'm over here paddling by myself you know <laughs> tell me how you feel from a coach's standpoint well i could tell you from a coach's standpoint that it's very frustrating to think you have something coming into a season and then you end up with bits and pieces here there it's 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 a jigsaw puzzle that you're constantly jumping through hoops to try to make it work and you saw, <laughs> you saw Coach Lou there, 15 games, 15 games whole. And what happens is the load up also loads up on your other players. Yeah. Uh, somebody has to pull this weight. And I think they got to get back to buy-in, start loading up on some W's yeah. with a full roster, playing, wanting to be there, and, and really buying in. They're, no, they're going nowhere unless they have buy-in. Nowhere. Brian? I got three professional athletes up here. I am clearly not a professional athlete. One of them is dealing with the recovering knee injury right now. I don't think Kawhi looks very good. He had a good game on Monday. I was watching him in the building on Wednesday. He is not moving well in my opinion. He has had a couple of okay games. His stats and his shooting particularly don't look good. I can't, I'm not a physical therapist, I didn't have a knee surgery, I can't say, well the answer is then to play on it. I'm just telling you, when he's taking these games off and resting, I kind of get it because he doesn't look good. Mm. It, it, to me, if I were the Clippers, I'd be like, Can, what are we going to do as an organization to get Kawhi by March to look like the Kawhi they've always wanted? And they're going to have to bite the bullet, if the answer is resting him, they're going to have to bite the bullet on these nights. I'm not saying that I have the right answer. I'm just saying I'm a little bit worried about where Kawhi is. So it, this is the fourth season there, fourth season, you know, with Kawhi. And, look, when you're talking about the, the Clipper organization, they are locked into him for $45, 50000000 million for a few more years. So when I look at that and you're wondering why, why she just gave me a note that said bring Perk in. Can Perk, you want to come in here and talk about this Perk? Don't give me hey hi Perk. How you doing? Perk? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Okay, so and I actually I actually I actually want to talk about it. I want to talk about the whole load management or whatever the case may be. And I get it for Kawhi Leonard, right? If we say he don't look right and he don't look right, he's not moving well, I get that part. But to sit Reggie Jackson, to sit Paul George, to I'm sit like, Zubak, Kennard, and Norman Powell, like it's starting to get a little disrespectful to the fan base, and it's starting to really, like, disturb me, like, be disturbing in a way. Because, like, 
when are we just gonna hoop? Like, when is guys gonna be available? And like, it's coming to the point now where it's like, we already see teams issue, I mean, uh, the NBA issuing our fines to teams because all the report wasn't sent in. So it goes back to the CBA again, like the owners, right? Like, what are they gonna be thinking? Like. We can't keep allowing this. Like, they had guys way before us that, like, you know, you think about Kobe and you think about Kevin Garnett, you think about Tim Duncan, you think about all those players that paved the way for not only guys to, like, keep the standard high, but to get be getting paid top dollar. Like, you know, we talking about 40 to $50 million a year. And I feel like these guys that are playing now also have the same obligation to the next generation to be available to play so that they, so that they won't mess it up for everybody else. Hmm. I, well, I, I'll just say this. You know, we, Brian just talked about he doesn't look like himself. You're coming off an ACL injury, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not gonna you're gonna have to play through some hiccups you're not just gonna come out and be mvp Kawhi mm. right away and i think it's going to be the balancing act between their uh their science sports science team their conditioning team of getting him back getting him healthy but if you think it's just going to come that easy no it, it's not going to be easy these guys are real conscious of their numbers but he just signed right yeah so screw the numbers Get out there as best you can, and understand there's going to be some bumps along, along the way. It's it's it, you got to get your rhythm back, and the only way to do that is to play mm. basketball. Well, well let's talk about someone who's been balling because coming up next on NBA Today, Ooh. Becky, Richard, and Danny, they're going to take the court to show us Joel oh. Embiid's Ooh. effectiveness as the Sixers roll on. We will roll on right after this. Big boy. moving, the floor is wide open. That's exactly what we're talking about. Work is done. That's how you let your hair down. So we have seven players this season averaging 30 points or more. That's led by Joel Embiid, who's putting up over 33 a game. He also led the league in scoring last season. So Richard, how does he do this so well? Well, that's funny you should ask me because we have one of his former teammates, one of his former floor spacers, if you will, Danny Green, three-time champion. Let's, let's give it up for Danny, everybody. Woo! Let's give it up. Okay, that was a terrible applause. Okay, <laughs> so we were talking. Joel Embiid is one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problem in the NBA. So I asked Danny, I'm like, Danny, where does he like to catch the ball? Where do you think if you were drawing up a play and you said where and tell me why? Left elbow. I think he has his most space, can see the floor the best, mm -hmm. and see where the double team is coming from. Okay, so strong side. So strong side. Where would you want to be as a shooter? As a shooter, I'm trying to be in the corners because that's where the, if the double comes from, that's where the shots will come. Okay. They double from the corner, which you're taught not to leave. You're taught not to leave uh, there. So that's where you want to be? Yeah. So, But if they do leave, they have to make a decision. If they do leave, strong side corner will be open. Okay, so? And if he makes his move and this guy bites, if not, Joel's going to Oh, no, no. Bites, Sophie stays stay right in that there. corner. It's an easy <laughs> corner three. Easy corner three. But, that's, but listen, I was taught by Lute Olsen, we do not prepare to beat bad teams here. So you prepare to play against good, good teams. teams. So a good team is going to do what to They're him? They're going to probably double from a strong side where they have help, where they okay. have people that can rotate. So if this guy double teams okay. or comes from here, then it's a swing swing to that corner. That's what happened. Okay. But a lot of times it's so much harder to double from this area and it's so much easier for him to see the floor and because he's such a more of a willing passer this year, I think he's starting to understand it opens the floor more for him to be able to get to the rim and get a shot and get to his, his left hand pull up 
that type of deal. Okay, now coach, we, we got the coach here. I'm putting Danny in that corner. You're putting Danny in that corner. If that guy comes off that strong corner, we're yep. going to have a real problem. We're going to have a real problem. I need the ding-ding swing to the corner for Danny 3. Oh, okay, yeah. So you don't want to put a non-shooter in that corner. That's why we got Sophie here. She is a shooter. So you don't want to put a non-shooter there. The real money shot is that the one. So you're over there daring someone yes. to go double team. Ultimately, the guy that's in this corner is giving himself up for the, for the team mm -hmm. in space and floor, knowing that Trying to not being a decoy, but taking themselves out the play, saying that I'm gonna be the guy that's not gonna let my guy double team, so that Joel has space to operate. Okay, so this is gonna be the last thing. Now, when he's at this elbow, what is his game? What is his game? I don't want to give up too much of a scouting report, or I'm, obviously I'm not his teammate anymore. So I, I guess I can. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, screw him. Let's go. A lot of times, Joel likes to get to his left hand dribble, and uh -huh. his hesitation pull up. Um, that's more his more of his go-to because yeah. he's, he's a very good jump shooter, especially from this elbow. But if not, he likes to jab, jab, get to his his base, either draw foul or euro step, somehow get to the rim. Okay. But most of the time, he's gonna like his, his left hand dribble pull up. That's Coach, that. if you were guarding Joel Embiid, how would you? Where would you want him on the block? Would you want him there? If he was in that spot, how would you send the help? And you would just wait on rotation? Well, first of all, I don't think there's any place you can send Joel that he doesn't <laughs> want to go. Back. So, yeah. <laughs> whether he's on that block, obviously you want to limit his touches as best you can obviously bringing in help side but he's become such a willing passer he's shooting a career high in field goal percentage uh, he obviously gets to the free throw line very good mm -hmm. free throw shooter um, so he just scores on all three levels try to make his looks as difficult as possible if you're gonna give up something maybe force him that way to that little fade yeah. with some help and just hope prayer there's a lot of prayers just there, hope there, he misses. There's, there, there's a lot of hopes and prayers so Malika we showed you this man scores on all three levels even his own teammates saying like hey sometimes you just put a shooter in the corner so he can get to work oh you can see that man tonight in our Friday doubleheader Joel Embiid takes on the Warriors then it's Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets they face LeBron James and the Lakers I'm on the sidelines for that one. NBA Countdown starts it all off at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Lakers are Lakers playing tonight? Lakers playing tonight. Let's go. How cool is this? After last night's win against the Clippers, Chris Paul caught a cross-country flight to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where he graduated today from Winston-Salem State. And as a part of the ceremony, it was announced that Paul is gifting each graduate $2,500. That's, that's awesome. That's really awesome. He didn't elbow anybody, did he? Um, Richard, oh, just God. leave it. Oh, we can't make jokes. Oh, Congratulations, sorry, Chris. Speaking of graduations, Alyssa Van Durnham, one of the most fabulous producers on our show. It is her last day with us oh. at ESPN. Alyssa, we are going to miss you. Thank you for the all hell? the work you did on this show. Oh, yeah, Richard, you didn't read that email I sent you? No, I haven't read. I have an email. Richard, don't email. <laughs> Alyssa, Alyssa Oh, we will miss you. Congratulations. We cannot wait to see what you do next. You are incredible. Oh. Uh, Richard, I understand. There's, there's something, something that else. I can. Well, also, I want to say, because we're giving out congrats, congratulations to our guy, Greg Fonseca. It's his 44th birthday. It has never looked yes. better. Oh. But we also birthday, have some Greg. footage. We also Happy have some footage here that I want to pull, right? Uh, today is a very special day, and so we're going to show this footage. Apparently, Malika, we got this from the Golden State Warriors. Like, you, this is where we got this, like, surveillance cam. She brought an entire water bottle in her purse. She brought it part, and it leaked out everywhere. And then she went, she was, like, draining out socks. She dumped out her whole bag. Look, she's squeezing out. Like, we have footage of everything. Look, she's rolling to go get the stuff. She empties out her bag. Literally, I was, look at this. This is, look. Oh, my God. 
she says it's water, I think it's she just got sweaty feet. Right? I think that's what it is. But yeah, I was we had trying. the whole footage. We saw it. She's like, oh my God, there's water dropping out of my bag. I was like, Malika, that's not how you clear out your bag. Y'all did me wrong for that. No. I trusted you. Yeah. I thought that I was supposed to stay hydrated, and so I brought a bottle of water. The whole thing dumped the out. The Golden State Warriors are not the only ones with leaks inside their organization. Oh, and with that, happy Friday, everybody. I see what you did there. Nice catch. There's a lot of flopping in that video. We will see you next yeah. week. Dramatic, <laughs> no, the worst. drama, the worst. I can't, they pull that footage. I can't pull.